Hey guys, super quick here. Before we dive into today's video, I just want to let you know about our Clips catalog, which is absolutely free. It's in the description. There is a link to the Google spreadsheet where we have our most recent take on any single player. I haven't seen this anywhere. So for you guys who are subscribed, you might not know about this or anyone who is new here, please, I absolutely advise you to go check it out. It's a really good resource. You can see right here, you clip on it, over 200 and 30 players at the moment, over 500 clips. You come in, you want to look up any name, maybe Dak Prescott, Jalen Waddle, maybe some more topical things. Alexander Madison, DeAndre Hopkins are hot names. Remember, you want to go deep, like AT pair, Clinton Tune, whatever you want. We have it here. You'll click right on the hyperlink. It'll bring you right to our most recent video on the player. Now let's get into today's video. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the JWB Dynasty Digest, where we give you consumable dynasty perspective. He's Skyler. I'm White. Tonight with uh, our friend, Mike, but you probably know him better as Daddy's Home FF on Twitter. And tonight we're going to talk about some wide receivers. It's getting older, but are still producing at a high level. And if we really want to be buying in on them or not. He has the hearts of a lot of fantasy players. I like it a lot, honestly. I, like, I'm, I'm in for Death, taxes, and the 2022 wide receiver class. I like what you were saying, Skylar. No, no player is completely untouchable. I think you guys really... I, had not, I have not really heard this yet. I listen to a lot of pods, and I have not heard this yet. Well done, gentlemen. I'm really impressed. Mike, back again. Love to see you here. How's it going? Oh, always a blast being here. I'm doing great. How y'all doing? Pretty, pretty fantastic right now. Skyler, how you feeling? I'm better now that Mike's here. <laughs> yeah. So as I said, we're going to talk about some wide receivers. But before we do that, as always, got to have some fun with our guest with a surprise question for them. Mike, are you ready? Let's do it. Okay. I'm going to make it a little bit hard for you. I want to know, who would you rather lose to? Your New England rival, Andrew Cooper, or the thirstiest friend we have, Troy King? Wow. You came <laughs> right out. You did the opposite of making it hard for me, to be honest. <laughs> I, I am shriveled up and nervous now, because this is a tough one, because I really hate both of them. Um, <laughs> like, legitimately, I know people think it's an act on Twitter, but I genuinely can't stand either of these men. But I'm going to have to say Troy. And the reason for that is very simple. Uh Orlando people have no idea how to talk trash, like zero. <laughs> so when Coop goes at me, I feel yeah. like it could actually hurt a little bit. He's yeah. sort of from Boston, South Shore, but whatever. We'll, we'll allow it because he's close enough. But Troy's trash talk is like, you know, it, it's like a tickle fight at the sorority party. Like it doesn't yeah. really hurt. It's kind of funny. It makes you giggle a little bit. But but us Boston guys, we we cut, and when we cut, we cut deep. Like the, you, you go to bed thinking to yourself, you know, I'm a little less of a person than I thought I was. I've been cut down like a few levels, uh, and that's that's tough. Uh, the good news, though, for for all of us, is neither of them can touch me. So this is like a <laughs> hypothetical, like unicorn or leprechaun type question, uh, because I, I'm a such a much better player than either of them. That even if they join forces. I'd still crush them, as you guys know, being in a league with me that Troy was in, Wyatt, I believe he won that league. Um, and obviously, you know, me just destroying the soul of uh, Andrew Cooper during the fishbowl last year and and really not even trying to win the league, just trying to make him sad. Uh, so yes. that was a big W for me. Um, I didn't have anything to prove, obviously, being a finals the year before, not that Coop's ever done that. Uh, so I just made my whole draft about making him sad and was wildly successful. Yeah, it's Is nice it to know that uh, Boston even hates Boston. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, if that says anything about the city. And I will say with Troy, I mean, you and Troy are one-on-one -on -one when it comes to the co-manager 
creator we league. Talk about last so, year. <laughs> no, last year doesn't matter. 50-50, where Coop, Coop hasn't won anything. Coop no, hasn't he, won anything. Yeah. So he's, he's got he's to show that he's can enter the conversation. All right, Coop, I know you're listening. Is, real, real quick, isn't it true, uh, Mike, that in Scott Fishbowl live draft last year, you took Evan Ingram, in, Evan Ingram, the highest of any player in all Scott Fishbowl, to make sure you sniped Andrew Cooper? Yeah, so the way that it went was Coop drafted right before me. And what I did was rather than take Engram the next pick, which, you know, I could have done, and that actually would have maybe the highest drafter. I turned out being second in the end. I'm not sure who went okay. first, but they probably hated Coop too. Um, <laughs> so the reason why I wasn't the actual highest is because I could have taken him the next pick. And, and maybe some people would have that instant gratification, but not me. I like the slow burn. So after he made the pick, what I actually whispered in his ear, and this quote has been, you know, just broken down and boiled down to more of a sound bite. But I didn't take, I didn't say I'm taking Evan Engram. There's nothing you can do. What I actually said was, it's not even going to be this pick. The next time around, I'm taking Evan Engram. There's nothing you can do. And I made him sit there for 16 picks. Until my next turn came around and Evan Ingram was one pick before him it's before beautiful. I went up with the sticker. So it wasn't even just that I took him. It was that I wanted to make it last. I wanted to yeah, save let him the moment. Yeah. So I let him know right when he made the pick, because at that point he had no bullets to fire. There's no trading. There's no moving around yeah. the draft board. And then I just sat there and just waited and waited and then took Engram right in front of him, did a little dance, you know, had some fun with it. And that was it. Um, what Coop will tell you is I showed up with no actual rankings or paper uh, and literally just drafted people to, to anger my league mates for, for an entire day at, uh, at Lansdowne Pub. And it was, it was a spectacular day. We had such fun. I love that so much. But we got to move on to our players of the day. We're going to start off with Stefan Diggs. Dynasty League Football, June startup ADP was wide receiver 10. will turn 30 years old during this season. Under contract through 2027. Half PPR points per game since he's been with Buffalo. Started off with 16.6, dropped to 13.8, and then back up to 16.4 this last year. The question is, though, with the little bit of noise happening around in Buffalo, though, I think there isn't really anything there that matters. Do we want to be investing in Stefan Diggs at this price point, Mike? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, this is to look at a, a wide receiver 10 who, who really can, in this offense, put up top five wide receiver numbers he he's a game changer uh very little competition for targets we saw what i think all of us already knew which was gabe davis is is not that guy we have a jag in, in gabe davis now we're seeing stefan Diggs' value get dropped a little bit with the drafting of dalton kincaid and and people having once again this idea that a rookie tight end is going to step in and steal a bunch of targets we have a guy who really has almost no competition for targets now in this explosive offense, really, you know, big time potential. And he's proven it. Like you said, with the points that he's put up, looking at that 16 points a game, why wouldn't you be buying in? We had a little blip of possibly some discourse at the beginning of the preseason. This is why you never worry about June headlines. He was actually in the building the day before that headline hit. He was in the building the day after it. It was a vet day off. No concerns there. So there's really no reason I can see to fade him. When you look at, you know, the players that you're looking at in that range, I, I just don't know why Stefan Diggs isn't a guy you're grabbing as opposed to where we overrate rage age. And we have people who haven't put up those numbers going ahead of them just because people think they're going to hit on the next Jamar chase, for example. Skyler, what do we think? 
I think that 25 to 30% team target share does not grow on trees. And people like to act like it does and that, oh, you know, he's going to be turning 30. He's a little older. Ah, there's rumblings of a camp thing. Ah, he's a, he's a drama queen. Get over it. Like at the end of the day, this production, you're not going to be able to just simply replace, right? And that's really hard when we're dealing with trades because even if you're like, well, on paper, him do a brand new in a second, like that's good on paper. But that second round pick that could turn up being what Jaden Reed type player the next year, is that really going to mitigate the extra five points per game that you can get off what you're getting with Stefan Diggs over the next years. It just doesn't for me. So it's really hard for me to move down unless I'm getting an offer where, you know, I'm potentially getting a first second type swap back. And so at least I have that first round pick in the future to really work off of. It's so hard for me to find interest in that. I mean, Stefan Diggs is complaining about his usage probably because it was the first time in Buffalo. He didn't get 160 plus targets. He only got 156. So I can see why he was upset. He's also gotten more touchdowns every single year in Buffalo, eight, the first 10, the second 11, the third, like we're getting a player who's going to give us at work. I mean, median outcome here, like 1300 yards and 10 touchdowns is very realistic number for Stefan Diggs at wide receiver 15 prices. Like I just don't really care that this guy is the wide receiver 15 on there. I mean, when you look at all the players who go immediately after Stefan Diggs, I don't see them in even a similar tier. I don't even see it close. So, like, sure, if you want to talk about the players before because of age different things, we want to really get into it with, you know, quarterbacks like Dak and Tua, where they're going. If we want to talk about safer options like a DK Metcalf, if we want to talk about the young guys like Drake London and Alave, there's conversations there versus Stephon Diggs. I think based on your team, there's conversations. But the second we go further back than where he goes, I have no interest. Like, I'm not taking Travis Etienne, Ramondre Stevenson, Tony Pollard before I'm taking Stefan Diggs. Like, there's just, I don't care if he's turning 30 years old. It really doesn't interest me in that way. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's pretty much just where I stand on Stefan Diggs. Like, it's it's a production that you can't really replace. Um, good odds is anyone to be a top five wide receiver again next season. And there is no legitimate target for competitions. If a rookie tight end scares you off volume, you need to reconsider your process here. Like it just totally, it didn't matter when there was, you know, a John Brown or an Emmanuel Sanders who was coming in to take potentially a hundred targets. When Jameson Crowder got over a hundred, when Cole Beasley got a hundred targets, who it didn't matter. Not Jameson Crowder, but I meant Cole Beasley. I heard you say like, it doesn't matter. Those didn't affect Stefan Diggs overall numbers. If targets get to go elsewhere, that's, great for the full team but if there's one player not to be worried about it's stefan diggs mike let me ask you're a competing team you want stefan diggs on your team what's the type of trade you're trying to put together to go out and get a stefan diggs so really if i'm going out to get a stefan diggs i'm looking at some of these name guys that are around stefan diggs adp that i can make the trade that skylar just said he didn't want to make um, so I'm taking a look at, for example, if we if we look at the ADP now, and I look at Debo Samuel coming in at, at wide receiver 18, right? If I can get Stephon Diggs for Debo Samuel in a second, if someone's still looking at Debo Samuel of two years ago and the usage he was getting pre-CMC, if that name can get it done, great. Michael Pittman's another name that I would throw out there, someone that I think is still surviving on name value that I don't love his situation now with Richardson coming in. So a trade like that, that I could get one of those players and match him with a non-asset that might have some value. Those are the types of trades that I think winning teams make 
and make every time. And if I'm a, if I'm a competitor, I would actually throw that first round pick on the end there. If I truly believe my pick's going to come in somewhere between nine and 12, if that's what I'm banking on, Stefan Diggs makes the difference. That's a move you make and you shouldn't be scared to look at losing what five years. If we're talking about Pittman three years, if we're talking about Debo Samuel, get the championship if you're that close and grab that guy and honestly a non-competing team should be considering a trade like that i mean those are the types of moves that i think you should be making all the time in that small age gap take advantage of when you're hitting one of those milestone numbers like 30 or like 27 for a running back when you're hitting that cliff if you will um, take advantage of those by trading those 27-year-old players who honestly aren't that far from that cliff themselves to get the much better, much more established, and much safer option. Skyler, let's say you have Garrett Wilson and someone is trying to trade you, Stefan Diggs. They're coming to you. What do they need to add on top of Stefan Diggs to get Garrett Wilson off your roster? Yeah, I think with how excited people are, like they're going to entertain a first. And if the type of manager who is giving me Stefan Diggs, which I think can happen, if they're if it's the type of manager who's coming to me with their Stefan Diggs, thinking it's a sharp play to grab Garrett Wilson early, I kind of want their first. Yeah, because I don't think that's a sharp play. Um, because I believe in Stefan Diggs' production for at least two seasons, and where we love Garrett Wilson, um, I'll take the first round pick. I'll take a first and Stefan Diggs over Garrett Wilson. I think that absolutely gets done. I think people have Garrett Wilson now as a tier two player and they have Stefan Diggs as well as the other names we're going to talk about down and like a, as a tier four player and just, and I'm sure we're going to repeat a lot as we get into the last two players of the day. Cause I view them all very similar. These super flex startup drafts that are going right now with, and this is, I'm not going to turn everything into to Kyler Murray, but when you can start a draft with like Trevor Lawrence, then follow it up with Kyle Murray then follow it up with Mark Andrews then follow it up with two of, Stephon Dix, Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, your fourth, fifth round picks. Like, I'm winning my league this year and I'm going to be a problem for a while. Like, I just, these veterans are being faded so far. And I understand the age concerns, but I'm not concerned about age when an elite player is 29, when an elite player is 30. They're not 32. There is a different conversation in two seasons. Mm -hmm. And if they're non elite and they're turning 29, there's definitely a conversation. But when these, we're talking cream of the crop, like, these are. Yeah. They've been the top, they've been top 10 wide receivers for what feels like six, seven years. Like they're, Stefan Diggs is so established. So, um, yeah, yeah. Sorry. You asked what it would take. I would take a first. All right. Let's move on to Cooper Cup, as you previously mentioned, our wide receiver two for the day. Dynasty League football, June startup ADP was wide receiver 13, 30 years old already, under contract through 2026. Since Matthew Stafford was traded to the Rams, half PPR points per game of 21.6 two years ago, and last year, 20.3. If you remove the game, he got injured, and he got injured pretty early. I think it's fair to take points per game for the rest of the games. But anyways, pretty high production, right? A historic year two years ago was well on his way to almost reproducing it last year. There's some concern over Matthew Stafford and where his health is, how long he's going to be playing. The reports lately have been Everything's okay. Matthew Stafford's back. He's looking healthy. The team is pretty bad. <laughs> Looks like they're going to be bad. They're going to have to be throwing a lot again. I don't see any reason why Cooper Cup won't again be right up there as a top three wide receiver in fantasy. But he's fallen down in this ADP, as you've mentioned, Skyler. When you can grab these people like Cooper Cup in your startup draft, fifth round, fourth, fifth round, it's just like a winning recipe. How are we feeling? <laughs> I know you mentioned a little bit before, but like, 
Is this a price even you're trying to go and trade for? Is it just a startup pick that you're interested in? What do we think? Yeah, I'm. if I have any semblance of a competing roster, I'm going right for Cooper Cup. And I'm going to just knock on and see what we can get here. Him going in the fourth round of, of drafts right now I think is borderline absurd. Uh, I know he's 30 years old. The way he plays, I really do feel like we can realistically expect two more seasons of it. In both 21 and 2022, he had the lowest bust rate of any player in the entire NFL uh, at the wide receiver position. That being where I quantify a bust is when you have a weekly finish outside the top 36. In 2021, he busted 6% of his games, which is crazy. And last year was 11%. To give you a perspective, there's... I think like six players who finish under 15%. That's it. And he was at 6% two years ago, like Cooper cup. And when you look at this depth chart, you look at this team still with Matthew Stafford, still with McVay, that 30% of the targets are going to Cooper cup. I mean, when we're talking about Tyler Higby has a very, very, very realistic chance of coming into 20% of the targets again, like he did early last season when he was healthy. And people are talking about how Puka Naka is a great stash because look at this depth chart. When Ben Skoranek is in the, the, in the three wide receiver set on the depth chart, I don't care that Cooper Cup is 30 years old. He will be on a lot of championship rosters next year. I understand the concerns with the injury, but it's not a long-term concerning injury as well as it's one where if he was younger and the team was winning, he might have fought back to come back a little early. But I think with his age, how important he is, where the team was at last year, they just probably decided to shut it down. We're not even going to play with this. We're going to try to preserve you another two years if we can. Cooper Cup is just—he's so elite. He's so great at what he does. Um, for not being the fastest guy, like the way he gets open at all levels of the field, the way he is with the ball in his hands, the way he's at the catch point, the way he's using the red zone, the way he's used as a possession receiver—you uh, can't give me another guy who does it all like Cooper Cup. Um, I'm all over it. I mean, a lot of the players that go around him—that um, we, a lot of the names we just mentioned: your, your Travis Etienne, your Andre Stevensons, um, Nick Chubb. TJ Hawkinson, Christian Watson. I, I don't want these guys anywhere near Cooper Cup. Uh, I've seen Christian Watson go before within a couple picks of Cooper Cup in recent startups, and you're doing too much proje projecting there. I think you're doing too much. Um, our last Discord Dynasty startup of the offseason here, um, our final wave is undergoing. They're in the 15th round here, and Cooper Cup, um, Cooper Cup went within six picks uh he went five picks before kenny pickett four picks before daniel jones this is a problem i, I yeah I, I don't think i need to say anything more yeah I, i'll note that the injury is like a complete non-factor for me as you mentioned like this was an injury where if they were in a playoff hunt he probably would have been back last year so it's not a worry for me for this year at all uh mike how are we, how are we feeling uh, Cooper Cup has the second best chance of being the overall wide receiver one uh, next to Justin Jefferson. He's a far better bet for this year than Jamar Chase, who everyone's falling all over themselves to draft. He's a better bet to be the wide receiver one than A.J. Brown. He's a better bet to be the wide receiver one than C.D. Lamb. I can go on and on. Um, you know, and this is the fact of dynasty players get themselves too concerned about finding the next thing too concerned about being right and, and less concerned about winning um i'm seeing him go in the range of like a dj Moore, which is fascinating to me a guy who has basically done nothing 
Um, so why are we looking at this guy and not saying, hey, I want to go in? This is free money. Uh, and this is why, and I think, you know, Skyly touched on this, the fourth and fifth round has been gold for dynasty players who know how to win. And one of the big things that I think, especially when we talk about these players, that I think most dynasty players really get hung up on, and it's a huge mistake, is what if I'm wrong and I'm not competitive? Somebody in your league is, and they're going to want Cooper Cup. Trust me, his value is not going to move, even if your team sucks. So this idea that you get a player and you're stuck with them, hey, you make a bet in the fishbowl, which is coming up. Yeah, there's no trading. You screw up that pick, it, it's yours. It, you know, it's, it's a cross you're going to bear. But when it comes to your team and the bad luck you may have in the season, which could happen, you probably have 10 weeks to figure that out before you have any concerns whatsoever. And what's also going to happen is you're going to be 10 weeks closer to another team who didn't think they were competitive holding these assets that's going to want to go all in. So this is a guy that right now I don't see there's any way that his ADP, when we look back on this October, November, when people have forgotten about the injury and are getting those 20 points a game, there's no way this doesn't shoot up. And amazingly enough, by definition, for me, a sleeper jumps two rounds of ADP over the course of the year. Somehow, the wide receiver one for the past year and a half when he was healthy is becoming a sleeper. Uh, that He will jump two rounds of value at that point, and you'll be looking at him more like we're looking at Tyree Kill, whose future is just as uncertain as, what, six months younger uh you know we're, we're looking at 29 and 30 being that much different and we're vaulting up Tyree Kill while dropping Cooper Cup it literally makes no sense to me so yeah Cooper Cup will be on every dynasty roster I can get him on even if I'm not competing just because he's going to be a value spike and if I trade for him now I'll be able to get more at a trade deadline even if I'm not a competitive team in that moment so I will grab him take him now the price tag's too low so every Every single dynasty team should be in on Cooper Cup at this price point. Yeah, I think if Cooper Cup was, if this was 2017, Cooper Cup would be the wide receiver three or the wide receiver four in dynasty. That's just the way the landscape has evolved. Now he's wide receiver 17. Last player of the day, Devontae Adams. Uh, DLF, June startup ADP, wide receiver 17, will turn 31 during the season, under contract through 2026 as well. 16.8 half PPR points per game in his first year with the Raiders down from 17.7 and 21.5 his previous two years with the Packers. Devontae Adams, uh, very similar situations to our other two players. It's just like slightly worse in a few places. Like he's a year older. The QB is worse, you know, there. Um, but I think at this price point, like just like the other two, I'm back in Mike. What do you think? Yeah, I'm in. Uh, but not as strongly as the other two. Like when you're looking at all three of them, he's definitely the third of this group in terms of value. So if I'm taking some of the swings that we talked about, and I know you guys mentioned we're going to repeat ourselves, take the swing for the other two first. I would still make all those deals for Devontae Adams that we've discussed those, you know, the Pittman in the second uh, players like that, DJ Moore uh, type players for Devontae Adams. I'm still making that move. But what scares me is a lot of things. Number one, we're still not certain what the heck is going on. Garoppolo, his contract is voidable before the season. And now you're hearing that he had the surgery later than expected. And we're not 
really certain why. Um, and there's not a lot on that roster after Jimmy G to feel comfortable. Number two, you have that Josh McDaniels offense that honestly doesn't tend to produce fam- fantasy gold unless you're Wes Welker and Randy Moss a few years back, right? Um, it's just not a – it's not the high-powered offense that people were thinking. I think you're seeing a lot of it. It pains me to say this that New England was Tom Brady and the coaches were along for the ride. And I think you're really starting to see this. And what you're also seeing is now if Josh Jacobs signs his tender, uh, I think they're going to beat the brakes off of that man. And I think you're going to see them go ground and pound with Jacobs until he can't carry the rock anymore. Uh, so there's a lot about Devontae that gives you more pause than some of these other teams where really Stephon Diggs is the best player on that offense, save for, save for Josh Allen. Cooper Cup is the best player on his offense, full stop. There's no other name to mention. Um, Devontae Adams is really looking at other players within that offense that are probably going to get higher usage, especially in the running game. Not to mention there's really nothing else in Vegas to be overly excited about. They're a a middling team. They're not so bad that they're going to have to throw to get out of holes, but they're not so explosive like the Bills that you're going to get points in the first half and not worry about it. They're a really weird team to figure out, and they, they seem to be in this flex point. And what happens if they do? decide to pack it in and go for that draft pick. What happens if you see Devontae Adams getting dinged up and they decide to save his trade value or move a midseason? He has to learn a new offense there. There's a lot in flux with Vegas that gives me pause on Devontae Adams. It has nothing to do with age. I know age has been the factor there. It's really the team and the situation that I'm very uneasy, to be honest, in picking up any Raiders player because the range of outcomes is so wide with this team. And the instability of the organization as a whole um, gives me that pause. Now, not to say he's not a value in where he's going, going against, you know, going around guys like JSN, you know, Godwin, Traylon Burks, Terry McLaurin. Yes, he's a better player than everybody that he's going around. But that team, there's just one of those like uneasy and sometimes fantasy is more gut than stats. Like there's something uneasy about the Raiders that makes me kind of full stop off the whole team. And I I can't actually think other than one Devontae Adams share of anybody else I have on the Raiders on any single one of my dynasty teams. So I might just be a hater. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Skylar, there is like Devontae Adams, it makes sense that he he's lower than these other two like there's a little bit of a gap there because the, there are more concerns there but are are you still in on Devonte adams i'm still in on Devonte. i would agree um he's a good step lower than stefan Diggs for me and i do have him in the same tier as cooper cup but below cooper cup i do have cooper cup and Devonte adams which is kind of in their own little grouping it's like hey these are two guys if i'm winning i need to go poke the door on because the market is inefficiently low on both of these players. One thing I will say with Devontae Adams, pretty much the whole argument I hear anyone do bring up is the whole quarterback situation. And um, the guy has been quarterback. He's put up over 25% of the team targets every single time. You know, Aaron Rodgers or Derek Carr was out. Uh, the last three, you don't want me to go two back and spit numbers, but the last three games where he didn't have his quarterback one were 32%, 25%, 41% of the team targets. Like, the guy's still going to just mop up. Like, no matter what this team does, and I agree, it's going to be the Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs show. So 
where you might have some legitimate concerns, uh, even in the near future for the long future. I still do think Devontae Adams is just a lock as a top 10 wide receiver, but things are definitely trending down. I think last year felt a little different for Devontae Adams, where it was the first time you started to get these like five-point weeks. Now, it only happened twice, and they were very untimely, which I do think changes a lot of people's perceptions because they were later in the year, weeks where you really did need Devontae Adams. Uh, and for whatever reason, those games happened, but he busted 31% of his games last year, which was outside the top 36 wide receivers on 31% of his games, which is much higher than we've expected for Devontae Adams. That's his worst number in years. That was still 10th in the NFL amongst wide receivers, by the way. So it's not like this guy has fallen off the map. The year prior, he was fifth in the league at uh, 20% of the time. He was one out of every five games. He was outside the top 36. So Again, whenever people bring up, we score five points a week, 16 or whatever, I'm like, go do a little experiment and look at every wide receiver in the NFL, and you'll have a new appreciation for these guys who only busted three times last year. So I still think Devontae Adams is an elite player. Like From a redraft perspective, him going in the top of the second round feels phenomenal. I, like, I still just think he's got as good of a shot as anyone to lead the league in targets next year uh, i think 30 percent is just right there again for him i think conservatively he'd be down maybe 26 27 percent people really panicked on that number well he doesn't have the uh aaron Rodgers. he's going to jump below 30 percent like he's been sitting at that unrealistically high standard well he sat at 30 percent again last year led the league and you know was number one in the nfl like this is just who Devonte adams is so i agree he's a step behind these guys but I don't want to go too crazy, right? I think the situation's the worst potentially for him uh, over the next two seasons, and he is just a little bit older than these other two to where, yes, he is behind, but no, he is not a fade. I still think Devontae Adams is definitely a player on winning rushes I'm going for, and a lot of people's leagues. I tweeted uh, a little while ago that the only place that you can move um, that you can move – any wide receiver, you know, any any wide receiver for Devontae Adams in a first is in your startup draft. Because all these people who are going, you know, we talked about A.J. Brown and Garrett Wilson, who go in the mid-second round of your Superflex startup drafts. And Devontae Adams slides to round five all the time. You can get an absolute haul. I know this isn't our theory show. Uh, you can go check that one out on our channel every Thursday or Friday and or uh, for a little more in-depth on how to play Dynasty. But just from a draft and perspective, I know a lot of people are getting their final uh, dynasty startups now before we get fully into redraft season. And when you can move, like Mike said, and get into this fourth, fifth round for these money spots, and you move out of the second round, you pick up a fifth rounder, a seventh rounder, and a future first, and you're adding Devontae Adams, Chris Godwin, and a first round pick for AJ Brown. Like you are just dunking on your league. That is a stupid trade that can only happen in the startup. And it happens. Brandon was like, that sounds stupid. No, like go through and look at what trades actually get done. Something because when Sleeper, they show you your past trades, which is a very nice feature. But when you're startup, it just says what picks you traded. No one ever goes back and looks at every pick in the startup and writes what names those turn into in hindsight to study is this a good trade in concept post draft? And I do like to go and look back at those because I keep note of any trades I made in the startup to be like, did I reach here? Did I? Because I take notes for my next startup draft if I like that exact same kind of concept, if it's exactly what I'm going to shoot out to every manager in the league when I'm on the clock. Um, and I think Devontae Adams is just a startup cheat code. So where I don't disagree with anything Mike said, I still think Devontae Adams has a lot to offer. 
If there's one thing I think I want to throw in about Devontae Adams that, and I, you know, all the target share numbers are obviously accurate. I know you have your numbers in line, but one of the big differences we saw with the move from Green Bay to Las Vegas was that Devontae Adams was the goal line back for the Green Bay Packers. And the amount of one yard red zone targets that that man got was obscene. He was like three X anybody else in the league. And obviously what you see in Vegas, as you talked about, is the Josh Jacobs show. You get to the one yard line, you're giving it to Jacobs. So while his target share remained the same, his opportunity for touchdowns and those big scores goes down significantly in the move into this offense. And that's really what brought Devontae Adams from that elite tier. But we were talking about him being one of those guys like Cooper Cup, like one of those guys that has the chance to finish as the wide receiver one to really having that ceiling be that wide receiver six to 10 range. So that's when really you have to factor in the age a little bit more. But that was really the biggest disappointment for me in the move from Green Bay to Las Vegas was I lost those one yard touchdowns that really you were feeding off of as someone who rostered with Devontae Adams in the past. Yeah. And that's strictly off volume, like where we expect the offenses volume wise to be there. Because if we are just looking at percentages, mm-hmm. he actually had a higher red zone target share percentage last year than he did in the two seasons prior with Green Bay. He was 32% of the team's targets in the red zone went to Devontae Adams last year versus 22% and 31% in the two years prior. So I think from a percentage-wise, his usage was identical. It's strictly what you think of the offense and how much you expect them to be in the red zone with Vegas versus a Rodgers. Because we and always think that Rodgers mind meld with him too was a big deal. Oh, it was zone. a big deal. But like in, in terms of pure targets, the only difference he's mm-hmm. off. We talk about the difference between quarterbacks who are like good, but they don't move the needle. Your your Teddy Bridgewaters, your Alex Smiths, your you know uh, Colt McCoy, whatever quarterbacks you think are okay. They, their touchdown percentages are like 2%, 3%. There's a reason your guys who are routinely at 6% do make a difference. They are the best quarterbacks in the league. Your Aaron Rodgers is always going to be give or take 6%. It's it's elite. You know, it's it's fantastic. Even a guy like Jalen Hurts last year, he was only over 5%. Like a guy like Adams is at 6 every single year. When they get to the red zone, uh, they end up scoring, right? So obviously the total touchdown numbers are important, but I do want to give some pushback on like, the quantity of the targets in that area because he's still getting just as much. And he also had more touchdowns last year in total in 2022 than he did in 2021. He had 18 in 2020, 11 in 2021, 14 last year. Uh, 14 would have been his highest total, his second highest total after that 18 of his entire career. So I do agree the efficiency with Aaron Rodgers is always great up there in question, but I mean, Devontae Adams is that dude. He's your, he's your red zone guy regardless he's get he's getting the red zone work oh he has no doubt I, I think the difference was the the passes inside the five and really when you boil it down to that zone and and what the offenses do and we know green bay and that's where everyone made the mistake on aj Dillon, thinking that he was going to be a steal because look at how many times green bay scores look at what they do what do they do they run naked bootlegs. They do that mind meld. They find Devontae Adams one-on-one and they throw those quick passes. And I think, you know, we look inside the 20, the numbers may be the same, but definitely what you're looking at for Devontae Adams is those cheap ones. I used to, Peyton Manning was the king 
of one yard touchdowns. I used to hate it when I had Raul Davis, when I had edge uh, on my previous teams, not to date me, but I'm a little older. Uh, it would drive me nuts because you'd see these high efficiency, great running backs being used as a dang play action fake. And then he's flipping it to Dallas Clark for a touchdown. Uh, like it's nothing like there are certain quarterbacks that pad their stats that way. And Rogers and Adams made a living off of that. And that was, it, it was great when you had them, but definitely, like you said, Adams is that guy, another guy who's going to rise. This is the time of year where people really overvalue youth. So the microeconomics of this period of dynasty is great for picking up any of these type of players. Yeah. And I think to, you know, put a little cap on all three of these wide receivers. We're talking about the, they're older. They're especially good for your competing teams. You want to look forward, project for the next year. So you go look at these sites where real money is being paid, the FFPC, the underdog fantasy, Cooper Cup, Stefan Diggs, first round picks. Devonta Adams is just outside the first round on both of those platforms. This is where real money is being played by people, you know, to project for, you know, moving forward in 2023. And, if you want to get on underdog, we're sponsored. Use code JWB for first time deposit match up to $100. Get in there, start drafting these players now. You can really start to get an idea of where these players are headed for the 2023 season. But that is going to wrap it up for today's show. Mike, tell everybody where to find you, find your work, all those good things. I find me at Daddy's Home FF on Twitter until the platform implodes. So I don't know, maybe till like Thursday or something. <laughs> um, DLF for off-season content, trophy smack during the season, and then this weekend, of course, uh, you can find me on the SFB Podathon uh, for 36 hours. I'll have both of these lovely gentlemen on in two different segments, and all the biggest names in fantasy, celebrities, athletes, and other such fun guests. So uh, check us out starting uh, Saturday at 8 a.m., running all the way through. Sunday at 8 p.m. on the Fantasy Carriage YouTube channel. Love it. Everyone out there, make sure to tune in to the Scott Fishel Potathon, donate to Fantasy Cares, all those good things. For us, you can find Skylar on Twitter at the FF Buffalo. You can find me at YB underscore FF. You can find JWB at JWB underscore FF. In the description of this video, you will find the link to our free Discord, the link to our Patreon, where all of our bonus features are found. And while you are here, make sure to like, subscribe, follow, all those things. We appreciate you. We'll see you next time.